Hello, everybody. Welcome to Anime Casuals podcast version, and I'm Michael. And I'm Johnny. And today we're going to do a little uh, discussion about Ruby, R-W-B-Y, from the production company Rooster Teeth. Uh, we've been watching Ruby for since 2013, so seven years now. Good while. Yeah, definitely good while. And they just released their volume eight, uh, first couple episodes, and we've been watching through this, and and it's gotten us inspired to watch, or not watch it, uh, talk about it. And so we're going to give you like a rundown about our experience throughout the years, our opinions, and kind of how Ruby has evolved throughout the years. And we'll start back in the early times of 2013. So come with us on a journey. Okay, we're in 2013, and we see not a fresh fresh face company, but we see a fresher company uh, start to delve into the idea of making an anime or anime-like product. Uh, Johnny and I have been watch- we're watching Re- uh, Red vs. Blue for a while now, um, and we've been seeing whew, some excellent choreography. Mm-hmm. They've definitely come a long way in the years. Yeah. And the choreography that we've seen was all basically made by a man called Montiome. And Montiome, uh, R.I.P., <laughs> uh, decided he wanted to evolve from making the most beautiful fight choreography to making anime and from those who knew him at the time they said that he's been trying to compile ideas for a while now um and in season one you definitely see a lot of similarities to things like wizard of oz you see uh actually a lot of similarities to wizard of oz (laughs) well i mean it's that whole fairy tale kind of uh theme to it i mean most everything's based off a fairy tale i feel like so yeah that's that's appropriate yeah definitely and uh, you might see other similarities to other fairy tales throughout it, but a lot of it was based on that because that's kind of where original storytelling comes from. And so that all eventually led to coming out in July 2013, the first season of Ruby, where episode one quick rundown is just we see Ruby, a quick intro of what the world of Remnant is, and what Dust is, and... To give you a quick rundown, Remnant is a world full of people who have gun swords or gun weapons. <laughs> sword, gun, gun, sword. Sword, guns. And everything is both a melee weapon plus a ranged weapon, for the most part. And the the strangest part about getting into this, this series is we didn't know what we were going to get. Mm-hmm. Johnny, I think you could relay that they didn't know what they were <laughs> quite doing in the first season. Yeah, it was just a... An ongoing series they were working on. I mean, aside from Red vs. Blue, which, to be honest, at that point, I don't know how much I'd actually... No, sorry. But then, yeah, I had watched a good amount of Red vs. Blue. But, uh, yeah, I didn't know what to expect from Ruby. I mean, I liked Ruta Teeth's, uh, you know, shorts and other fun uh, projects they've had. Uh, so, yeah, I was willing to check it out. Yeah, and from from there, we uh, we definitely saw what looked like the start of an anime. There were things in it... Oh, by the way, Red vs. Blue came out in 2004, so we've been watching Red vs. Blue for... nine years at that point? And I think Monty came on in Red vs. Blue, like, season... 
six or seven? I'm not exactly sure. We're casuals here, right? <laughs> we know some things. Yeah, we know some things. <clears throat> um, and I will say, like, just from Volume 1 itself, it looked like the start of someone figuring out what an anime was. It was definitely something that was trying to find, uh, what is it, its own niche kind yeah. of thing. And, I mean, <clears throat> I had friends that actually dropped off of Ruby uh, after the first season because... They they didn't like. Um, funny enough, I'm, I, it's a good thing we didn't actually determine whether this is an anime from that other anime casuals video we did. But uh, since we're here, uh, they didn't actually like the fact that it was trying to be an anime. So I guess his point of view, Ruby's not an anime. That being said, I didn't mind it. I mean, it was an interesting way to you know kind of create emotion in a new show, and everyone's got to try their own thing. So um, yeah, the little tropes that it did were fine. Yeah, and some things that we like we found in like at least volume one before we continue on because volume one is definitely where I feel you're gonna lose a lot of people. Um, it's possible they had a lot of like shadow characters in the back. Uh, I know in episode two, even from just looking at the profile picture, I remember that while they're walking on that like bridge intro to the school, there were some chibi moments where like Ruby would turn into a chibi version of herself when she's thinking. Um, there was like dream pop outs. There were, like, a lot of different anime tropes that you would normally see smoothly in, a, in, like, a typical Japanese anime were being tried out now. And that's where it became kind of a, a rocky beginning if you are the type who gets kind of pushed away by, by some of these anime tropes. Mm -hmm. The story overall, rock solid, very good. But... While we're getting while we're getting introed into it, they were definitely experimenting with different things that worked for the show and different things that didn't. And you can definitely see their budget building throughout this this first. Oh yeah, season. that's definitely the thing. First season, you can call it rough, but uh, as this show has evolved and kind of grown, it has just gone crazy with what it can do and everything that it shows. And it's a really nice looking yeah. show. And kind of finishing off with volume one itself. Also, the episode lengths were very short. Uh, many of them were about like six or seven minutes long, with the first and last episode being about 15 minutes. So, again, you can see it building up. But the fun part about it is we got a, we, we didn't get a terminal arc. We got a school arc. So they, I mean, most of the first six volumes are at school, or first five volumes are at school. But we got to like see an intro in the characters that they're going to show us. We got to see an intro into what... The powers in this, called semblances, are where everybody, kind of like a My Hero thing, where everybody has their own specific power that works in certain ways, and they all have to discover how those work. Um, we get to intro to their their weapons of choice. Uh, we see them fight the, oh, what are they called? What's the monsters called? Oh, Grim. Uh, yeah, we get to see what's called Grim, which again, <clears throat> Grim Fairy Tales. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we get to see... So many cool things in this first season, but again, as they're going through the storyline, you have to get over the hump of the menagerie of kind of strange incidences where they're like, oh, well, it kind of feels like you missed a beat there. Oh, well, that's because they're still figuring it out. And volume one ends very strongly with seeing like the tiniest tournament arc where I think they just do people versus each other in class. Uh, and then we end with, um, 
kind of learning more about the characters and uh, a breakout of Grimm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm trying to <clears throat> remember. I know there's that uh, that school tournament arc in uh, Vo- Volume 2? Yeah, Volume 2. Okay. And, you know, now we're talking about that. We get into Volume... Oh, that was Volume 3. Volume 2 had this whole train sequence, and we were introduced to more uh, school characters. Um, but we go, we'll just jump over Volume 2 to go right to Volume 3. Volume 3 is where it gets lit, if I may say. That's where Ruby finds its groove. They eliminated a couple different things they were trying. Their budget got increased, or it looks like it did. Or they just got better at 3D animation, because that's the thing. The entire thing's in 3D. Um, a lot of mocap. Oh, so much mocap. Which actually helps them a lot, just to kind of touch back on <clears throat> Volume 1, 2, and 3. Just uh, All the mocap that they do allows them to do really insane mm-hmm. uh, fights. Yeah. So that's, even though the animation doesn't look always super... I don't know, clean or great. You can always count on the fight scenes to be something interesting to watch because it's they're very articulate. Absolutely, and the thing with from vo- volume one to three is that the details on the characters actually got a little more increased. Mm-hmm. It's like they they weren't bland models, but they were definitely like this is pretty detailed while lacking minute details, like a scratch on the face or like. Uh, the tiny like fabric you can see coming down like a skirt or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like they were missing that, but everything else was there and it looked beautiful. Volume 3 started where we incorporate a Terminarch where, called the Visal Festival, which like a lot of different anime, it's like a bunch of school children fighting each other. <laughs> um, fight, 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 fight. Yeah. And that's where we get introduced to a bunch of characters. Uh, we get to get introduced to Cool Trumpet Guy and a mm-hmm. really cool like music scene. Um, roller skating girl. You like how detailed I am of these people's names. <laughs> a lot of animal themes that are come up too, because there's that whole race of people called a uh, faunus. Yeah, right? faunus. Who are yeah. all uh, very <laughs> humanoid, but they all have aspects of animals. It's the closest thing to furries without yeah. being furries. And by the end of this volume, we get the introduce to the big story that there is a lady called Cinder, and she is working for somebody, maybe. Um, and she is basically trying to hunt down the summer, summer goddess, summer somebody. It's so hard to remember. It's been seven years. They're called maidens. I just there don't remember they, if they had like a, like a, yes, a seasonal maiden. Yes, it was summer maiden. Okay. And she is the, she basically has a bunch of firepower. Cinder has firepower. So it just, it was a match made in heaven. And. Not as, match. Psh- Flame. As we continue throughout the volumes, what happens is that the animation gets way better, the storytelling gets way better, the fight scenes get just like astronomically amazing, and we get introduced to all these like little hidden gems throughout it, like the overarching story, the um, the background and start of Remnant, like why there's Grimm, um, why there are these, like, artifacts out there that apparently can give you, like, the secrets of the world or that keep keep a base floating up in the air. Like, there's all these crazy things that they start <clears throat> laying down with us from now until Volume 8 that just make Ruby pff, stellar. That's the biggest thing about the plot. I, I never thought it was going to go beyond a, um, just kind of a school... You know, not an anime, anime, it is anime, whatever, but a school anime. 
I thought it was just going to be that kind of typical, you know, niche again. It was going to be like, oh, yeah, all this crazy stuff is going to happen at school, you know? No one actually attends class. They just have to do crazy supernatural fights in between lunch. But uh, it's definitely gone in, a, in an insane direction. It's been interesting to watch. Super fun. Oh. Um, it's definitely a really good... Uh, I, I hate to say it, but fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nice use of the word. Um, and the the biggest thing is that they, they've shown conflict on the human side, on the fauna side. They've shown a deep... a depth of characters and story that we were not expecting. And... Just like Johnny said, it's nice to see that even after seven years of this anime and being produced by a company that has never made anything like this before, because Red vs. Blue is more, way more about comedy than it is about an in-depth story, even though they still have a good storyline, um, that they can make and craft such a well-rounded story in 12 to 13 episodes every year that it just... Keeps you coming back. And they're able to make longer episodes. That's another big thing. I mean, the first season, I think, is like an hour, uh, ultimately. Maybe an hour and a half. You know, just the length of a movie. But, I mean, nowadays, I mean, if we don't get like a 20-minute episode, it's like, oh, man, something big's got to happen next time or something. Because, I mean, all the episodes are now a typical length. And they're nice and longer. I'll say that. So, yeah, hopefully they keep doing that. And, I mean, just... Don't you know? Go back to that shorter. Time yeah. Frame. And speaking actually to that, I, I remember listening to some of the uh, the um, founders of Rooster Teeth talk about why does Ruby take this kind of strange approach to time length for an episode, and they basically said something to the fact of since there's no commercials and they don't have to worry about advertisement on Ruby, they say that they don't want to be limited. Or even restricted to the fact that it needs to be 22 minutes. Like every anime we've ever watched, if it's on TV, it needs to be 22 minutes long for 8 minutes of commercials. And so, Ruby, while we would love to see more of it every episode, the reason why they can do anything from like 15 to 22 minutes is the fact that they don't need advertisement or commercials in between. So they can tell their story, you know, exactly to how long they want it to be. Which is annoying sometimes when you only get like a 12 minute episode, but it's exactly how much they feel like you need that episode. That's fair, and I mean, I don't need a bunch of, you know, dead space, like, weird panning of mountains that I've seen seven times, or never seen, and suddenly the mountains are there. But, uh, I mean, I think that's definitely the biggest thing and you, that you kind of mentioned, like, it's just that it's good. And I mean, it's it's just kind of, it's a bummer when you find out that it's, the episode's going to be cut short from what you thought. So, definitely, it's not a bad thing. It's more just, oh, man, give me more. Yeah, and uh, if I might recommend an episode, it's kind of deep. I think it's episode, volume six, episode five, where it's a standalone episode that shows off, like, a character's drinking habits. Uh, it's the one in, like, the, the mansion that has all the grim underneath it. Oh, in the well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember that one. Oh, no, it's, uh, I think it's this one. It's volume six. Volume six, episode six. It's called Alone in the Woods. And it actually might be a two-episode thing. But what is beautiful about this episode, it's standalone. It uses, it's like the 20 minutes of this episode, which is why it's 20 minutes. It's a pretty good episode. um, To talk about the story of a family that used to live here that just died. 
And it kind of reminds me of uh, the Serenity movie, which I don't want to get too spoiler about something that's pretty old by now. But there's a drug in that movie that basically makes people just go bleh. And by go bleh, mean they're not motivated to do anything, which leads to their death. Oh, cool. Yeah. So something similar happens in this, and it's such a really rocking episode. Like, if you watch Doctor Who, I'd recommend you go watch Blink, because... That episode's standalone. And this one could potentially be standalone where you're introduced to characters and kind of get a feel for where it is now. Because Volume 8 and Volume 1 are miles away from each other for for quality. So, um, any last words, Johnny? Because I just... Go out, watch Ruby, give it, give it some views because I really think... It's not an underground project anymore. It's been seven years. But I really think, like, that this is one of the few shows... That's as close to anime as possible besides things like Avatar. It's definitely uh, on that line of an- uh, anime adjacent. I mean, part of me wants to say it's an anime, but not because it does a bunch of anime tropes. But it's definitely, either way, it's fun to watch, it's good. Um, if you know Halo or Rooster Teeth, actually, if you watch Rooster Teeth and you're not watching this, I don't know what's your deal. But, uh, I mean, Halo, there's some familiar voices in there. So, I mean, that's another kind of reason to watch it. Um, as far as last thoughts, I want to ask you, actually. I mean, do you have, like, a favorite character on here? Or, like, a, you know, anybody who especially stands out? I mean, I'm trying to, like, think of people away from, you know, my main my main girl there, Yang. You know, she's fiery, fiery blonde with uh, some anger issues. But, you know, I mean, with, she's good. With that, I mean, they, the voice acting in it is also stellar because they also start getting... The four main girls are just people from their staff. It works out well, because they're all, like, friends in real life, so yeah. it's definitely an added little bonus to it. And I think most of them, it was, like, their first time voice acting. So, I mean, like, they've done amazing, an amazing job. And it's now it's syndicated in Japan, too. So if you don't want to watch it in English, you can watch it Japanese if you really wanted to. So there. <laughs> uh, I think <clears throat> one of my favorite characters has been, I think his name's Flint Cole. Uh, the trumpet guy and the rollerblading girl lady or Penny because she she's like the robot and she's like pretty cool. Penny's cool. I like her more when she comes in. Um, I actually don't know if we're talking spoilers or not, but I'll just mention a spoiler. When she comes in later, uh, some seasons later, <laughs> um, she's definitely cool. And again, with that upped animation, she gets to do a lot more and kind of show off. Yeah, a bigger extent of herself. Yeah. And I think another fan favorite uh, for me, at least, was um, Petra? Is that her name? I want to say there is a Petra, but who is she? I don't remember. Is that... Oh! No, that's Pira. Pira! That's her name. I was close. Uh, Pira was definitely an, uh, is definitely another one of my favorites as well. Um, her semblance is really cool when you figure it out. and so uh, She was also really rocking. John is also really cool, too. Mm. Unfortunately, I think the last two volumes are kind of steer clear of the other teams that are out there. We haven't seen Monkey Man in a long time. <laughs> we haven't seen Sun in, like... Yeah, Sun. Well, last volumes. time we saw him, uh, yeah, he was with Blake, and then... Yeah, actually, I don't remember. I think he just, like, dropped off. He went somewhere else. Yeah. Because they had their whole, like, separation season. Otherwise, I'm really digging, like, the, the main the main villainess. She is super, super gross. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they, uh, and I don't know when they're going to end it, but how they, you know, approach the end and how they do stuff with her, because she is a pretty interesting character, but it almost seems like there's too much that's been done, and I don't know. 
maybe uh, maybe she's gonna go bye bye. Yeah. Um, so that kind of leaves off on our quick little rant about Ruby. Uh, why you should watch it. We're big fans. I uh, will probably do another video uh, sh that's shorter, uh, just kind of detailing our quick opinions about Ruby. Uh, that'll be on our YouTube channel. Um, go ahead, feel free to let us know what you like about Ruby, if you like it or if you've ever heard of it before. I mean, go give it a watch. Try to get past the first volume, please, because volume two definitely picks up. You can definitely see experimentation in volume one. Just a quick hour... I mean, that's literally... Something. That's literally... I mean, you could get through volume one quick. I mean, remember our handshaker video? Your handshaker video in my one room? Yeah. It's kind of like one room, not handshakers. <laughs> so, let us know what you think. And uh, as uh, Lucky likes to say, and I always like to say it differently, stay casual or keep it casual. Casual stay. Wow.